Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Chris with The Caffeinated Contractor. I am here again. Today we're going to do a solo episode and I want to cover today what are the 10 top questions you should be asking a contractor before you hire them. So when you embark on a project, you want to make sure that you're doing some interviews and you're um, taking the time to get to know contractors and comparing them because this is a big deal. This is um, going to cost you some money. You want to make sure that this team, this person, this contractor is going to do the right job. So you, it's on you to do the due diligence. So here are some questions, top 10 questions you should be asking your contractors when you are taking on a project. First and foremost, you want to ask them if they're insured. Do they have insurance? Now, every contractor should have at least general liability insurance. They should provide you with a certificate of insurance and um, upon request, they can add you as, as, as um, an additional insured on their certificate of insurance. That way that you know if anything were to happen on, your, uh, on the project, that their insurance will cover it. The other thing is if they do have people on their payroll, you want to make sure that they do cover work uh, workers' comp insurance as well. Um, but you know, sometimes there's contractors who don't have employees. Uh, they'll just do their own work or they'll sub it out. Um, sometimes that may not apply. So just check that out in your state. Along with that too is licensing. So depending on what state you're in, some states don't require a general contracting license, um, but a lot of states do. So just check the requirements in your state. And if they don't require a license, there's some things um, at, towards the end I can give you just to make sure that they are actually engaged in their industry and doing the things that they should do to stay on top of codes and, and changes in building and construction. The next thing is a sales contract. Now, I always tell people, do not exchange money, do not start a job unless there is a signed contract with you and the contractor. Now, there's a lot of one-pagers out there my personal opinion, I don't like that. The contract should show the scope of work, how much it's going to cost, uh, the estimate, um, the payment schedule, and um, all the other legalese that go along with that. Start date, estimated end date, um, and things like that. If that contract does not have the scope of work, the line items of the estimate, um, stay away from it. Because you want to sign a contract with that contractor to show that you and that contractor agree to a price, you agree to a scope of work, and agree to a payment schedule. If you don't have those three things, don't sign the contract. And definitely don't sign a contract um, or don't, don't exchange any money unless there's a contract signed. The next one is what payment ter terms do you require? Now, some states are different, but you know, generally speaking, when you embark on a project, Typically, you do a 50% upfront for a deposit. What that's going to do is help buy material. It's going to carry um, the cost of the, the labor for that. Um, and then typically around 50% completion of a project, there's a progress payment. And then at 75%, another progress payment. And then when at 100% completed, after you have done a blue tape walkthrough, done a punch list, make sure everything is good, everyone's happy, you uh, finish the payment right there. So it all depends on the size of the project um, and the length. That'll determine how many payments there is. So typically, let's just say if you're doing a, a two-week project, um, you would do a 50% down uh, deposit. 
only after you send a contract, of course, you do the 50% deposit. Uh, let's just say halfway 50% uh, completion is at uh, day seven. So day seven, you agree with the contractor, you do a walkthrough. Okay, I agree that you have completed 50% of the work. Here is another 25%. So 50% of the work has been done. You paid 75% of the job and you hold on to the last 25% uh, until the job is done. That is just kind of an example. Each contractor works things a little bit differently. Sometimes they do a 50% up front, maybe um, you know, another 15% at 50%, and then 75% completion, they'll do another 15% or something like that. So it all depends, but make sure all of that is in the contract. Don't sign the contract unless you know when you're gonna pay the contractor and how much. The next question is, how do your prices compare to other contractors? Now, this is a tough question because they're not going to go around and say, oh, we're the most expensive in the world uh, compared to all of our competitors or we're the cheapest. Uh, it's going to be kind of um, challenging to answer that question. But if you do get somebody to say, oh, I'll be any price, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. And here's why. If you have a contractor saying, I'll beat you, I'll beat any price that you get or, you know, give me the other estimates and I'll beat all of them. If you have someone like that, what happens is um, typically in this, I've seen this happen and believe me, it doesn't happen all the time, but you're going to stand a chance of this contractor coming in underbidding everyone else so that they can get the job and they're going to kill you with chambers change order because of this change order because of that oh i forgot to you know charge you for the paint so there's a change order for that you got you have to be careful for all that stuff so you definitely don't want to go for the cheapest bid i always tell people the the lowest bid is not necessarily the cheapest option and the reason why is because the lowest bid you run a chance of the job not being done correctly. You're going to have to hire someone else to finish the job. And at the end of the day, you spend more money than if you were to find a reliable contractor who's reasonably priced, does quality work. Um, and you would have paid a little bit more, but not as much uh, because you wouldn't have had to change or hire someone new to correct their work. If someone you know, comes in and says, hey, I am um, I'm a high-end remodeler, or whatever I, I i am expensive you know i appreciate the honesty and that's totally up to you um they know their value they're going to tell you the truth and um you know exactly what to expect so uh, i respect that a lot when people are open and honest about their prices if they're on the high end the next one is can you provide customer references so you can either call references or you can you know it, you don't always have to do this. You can go on to Google and look at the reviews. You look at all the five stars. You look at the one stars. Um, and those are important. Every business is going to have a one star review. So don't be afraid of that. But what you should see is when they have a one star review, what is their response? You know, typically not everybody's going to be happy. You can't make everyone happy. Um, believe me, you can. But um, you're going to get those one star reviews. But what you want to do is see how they respond. Did they res respond in a professional manner? Did they lay out the facts and, hey, I, I apologize. You had that experience. I do recall this situation. Um, and this is what we did to try to make the situation better. Um, and we are uh, sorry it didn't work out or something like that. You, you want to see if they responded. You want to see if they actually did something to try to mitigate uh, that experience for that person. But um, 
you, you want to read all of those. And then if you want to, you can also ask for references. I know that for a big project like building a house, um, you know, we've had people say, hey, can, you know, are there people that we could talk to that you've worked with before? And of course, you know, the great experience that we provide, um, we're able to get a couple of people to uh, Roger up and say, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll talk to anybody, tell them how great of an experience this was working with you guys. The next question is, how do you handle change orders? So nobody likes change orders. So here's the thing. When you get an estimate, I like line item estimates. Okay, countertops, this much. Cabinet. I was just at someone's house about an hour ago. We were talking about pricing out a kitchen and they're asking me about an estimate. And I said, look, when you get an estimate from a contractor, you don't want to have long paragraph and one final price there's no transparency in that what you want is line items countertop is this much cabinets is this much uh, painting is this much flooring is this much there's more transparency in that estimate right there so if there's a change order and say oh um let's just say for example uh plumbing uh hooking up a new sink oh i i you know i didn't know that this plumbing was going to be this hard or this um you know this material is going to be this much well that's part of the scope of work that was in the estimate there's really no reason why you shouldn't have seen that from the beginning um and that should not be a change order in my opinion what should be a change order is you open up a wall oh i had no idea there was a pipe there we're going to have to reroute that pipe pipe well that's a change order that's you know reasonable because you didn't you can't see in walls you don't know what's behind there so sometimes you open up the wall you get surprised um, or you pull up um, let's just say you pull up carpet and you want to put down LVP you pull up the carpet and you realize that okay well when I was on the carpet it's everything everything seemed fine but the flooring the the subfloor is not level so we're gonna have to level out that flooring and so that the LVP can be properly installed on that floor so that would be a change order and the way you would want to do it is if you have a change order um, don't just hand them money um, get them to actually give you an official change order through their software we use builder trend there's other softwares out there but builder trend is kind of like um you know the common used uh, software out there for contractors for general contractors anyway have them do an official um, change order through the software and you pay that way that way um, it's on record that way it's on you invoice for it and you have record of paying for it um, and so that's how I would handle a change order and make sure they have an official process for that the next question is are you a member of any professional associations so that was um, I was mentioning earlier some states don't have a general contracting license requirement for example the state of texas where i'm at right now it's not required for a general contractor to have a license in fact even if i wanted to have a license even if i wanted to study and take a test there is none out here for me to do so what do i do well i'm a part of the greater houston builders association and they have a uh, training pipeline for a professional home builder designation and it takes about a year long um, if you go to every single class if you miss a class and it probably takes about a year and a half two years um, and they're all required and they have classes on uh, contracts electrical work 
um, new codes for kitchens, which was really interesting for electrical and, and kitchens. Um, they changed the code as of September 1st. There's some interesting changes on it, especially when you have like a kitchen island with the um, outlets and things like that. Um, so you want to make sure like, okay, I'm in Texas. There's no um, requirement for a license, but he's a part of the um, Greater Houston Builders Association or the Texas Association of Builders or nationally it's the national association of home builders and they're involved in that it's on their website they're, they have credibility they're involved maybe you go on social media and you could see they're actually attending these functions they're going to seminars they're going to the committee hearings that way they're involved with other builders and other remodelers in the local area that way they can learn from each other so if they're not a member of that um, doesn't mean they don't do a good job. It just, for me, it's like, I want I want to work with somebody who's actually investing their time and their money and their education and their just their overall experience and um, in the industry. So I would look for that um, if you're outside of Texas and other areas. I know there is um, associations out there, but like I said, they do have the National Association of Home Builders and there's other ones like that. Um, out there so professional uh, associations like that the next one is do you handle the acquisition of permits so um, in my opinion a general contractor should be turnkey which means they do everything you're hiring this person to manage the project to manage the material to manage the labor made manage all of the different trades coming in and out and that includes going to the city and having this relationship already with the city to pull permits um, so you want to ask them like, Hey, do you do permits? And if they say no, then I don't know. I mean, unless you really want to get involved in the project and pull your own permits, that's cool. Um, but you know, a general contractor should be turnkey and, uh, they should be able to do that on your behalf. So ask them about permits. If your project doesn't require permits, um, not a big deal. Um, but I would still ask anyway, that way you know that if this person is on top of their game or not. Next one, how do you handle project delays or unforeseen issues? So this is a big deal, communication, right? Communication, how often do you communicate? You should communicate very often with your, um, with your contractor. Uh, they should be giving you updates. They should be feeding you updates and you shouldn't be pulling them from this person. I know there's a lot of contractors that are so busy. They're swinging hammers. They're trying to, um, you know, coordinate things, trying to get material and they're very hands-on. But the problem is because they're hands-on, their communication lacks. Um, so for I'll give you an example for Elevation. When I first started, you know, I was very good with communication. But as I got busier, I noticed I started getting some complaints. Hey, Chris, I don't hear from you as often. I don't know what's going on. And I was working with some out-of-state investors. And that really bothered me because that's not who I wanted to be. But at the same time, I had a job to do. And I'm willing to get these projects done, get them done on time because they need to get tenants in there. And I understood that. So what I did was I hired a, an assistant. And uh, right now, um, I've got a team of people on my, on my team, of course. And um, I've got a, an operations manager. Her name is Alma. She lives in Guadalajara, actually. And so she handles all my communication for me. And it's been great because now I can focus on other things. And her job is to communicate and provide updates. 
And since we've moved to that model where we have a, a project coordinator or the operations manager doing the communication for the team, then uh, the complaints have gone down quite a bit. As, uh, as far as communication goes, um, no complaints at all. So make sure you um, get a contractor who can tell you exactly how they handle those things. Um, as far as delays and whatnot, they should be able to give you an estimated start and end time. Um, if there's any delays, it might be because permits with the city, city can cause delays. Uh, they ran into an issue. Maybe they opened up a wall. There's a pipe there. Now we put a halt to everything. We had to get a plumber in there and move things around. Um, maybe there's an issue with an electrical or whatever it might be. That should be communicated. And there all should be like, hey, here's the issue. I'm expecting this to delay the project by this much. So uh, make sure that they can articulate that to you. And the last question, how experienced are you in handling projects like mine? So, you know, for example, I went to this uh, kitchen remodel today. They could have asked me this question, which they didn't. Uh, but I try to tell them anyway about our experience, what we do. Uh, that way, if they ever have that question in their mind later on, they can already say, oh, well, Chris already told me this, this, and this. So what um, you want to get from them on this is like, yeah, um, you know, have you done a project like this before? Um, can you tell me about it? Uh, what kind of, you know, did, did you use quartz countertops? And, you know, how did how did you, how does it work? You move, um, take out the cabinets, you move it over here a little bit, and you add cabinets and a pony wall here and there. Like, can you tell me a little bit about some of the things you've done? Maybe, hopefully they can provide you some photos. Uh, for us, we do have a lot of um, before and afters on our website and you can go on our YouTube, you can go on our Instagram. So those are good places to go to before you even talk to them. Go on their social media, go on the website, things like that. That way you can see their experience. Maybe they have some videos of uh, the workers um, actually doing the work in progress. And then they have the before and the after and they explain it. So uh, that would be very helpful if they have that on social media. That way you can see it ahead of time and you already know the answer to your question. So anyway, uh, when you meet with a contractor, there's going to be so many different questions that you want to ask them. Um, but these are 10 questions that I really think you should be asking every contractor that you interview. They should have answers to these. They should be used to answering these questions. If they seem flustered or bothered, that's a red flag. Stay away from them. Um, ask them about uh, what does what your estimate look like? Do you have line item estimates um, or is it just one final number? Uh, do you just hand write them out or do you actually have a software? Um, you want to see how they operate. Do they take their business seriously? Uh, because if they take their business seriously, they're going to take your project seriously. All right. So anyway, those are 10 questions. And if you want to get a copy, actually, of these 10 questions, go to our website, elevationconstructionteam.com, and then uh, you're there for a couple seconds or something, then you'll have like this window pop up saying, hey, downloaded this, the 10 questions. So you put your information in there, and you can get those questions right there. And um, so our next episode, we're going to talk about what is a general contractor and what would you hire one? And until then... Thank you so much. Drink up, get some caffeine in you, and um, reach out to us if you have any questions regarding construction and general contractors. Thanks. Bye.